Good morning. It is Monday, May 10th, 7.54 a.m. I hope y'all had a good week. I know I did. It was very productive and I feel great about it. I finished a rat sweater, sold that at the top of the week. I raised my price by $50. I'm always nervous when I raise my prices because I don't think anyone's going to buy it, and then somebody does, and that makes me happy. Um, sometimes people don't buy stuff, but I'm mo- mostly talking about handmade stuff. And then I made a choker that says Oremos on it. Um, it's the Latin word for let us pray. Um, I have always loved that word, when I was little, like, I don't know, probably since the time I was a baby until we left Indiana, so until I was like 14, um, there were some, there was a lady from probably our first church that we went to, and we stayed in touch even though um, we went to different churches. But her name was Diane, Diana Price, and uh, she and her husband Larry had four kids that were quite a bit older than us. Their kids were teenagers when my sisters and I were little. Um, but they were so sweet and so loving. Like, um, And we would go over to their house for dinner fairly often, and... Before dinner time, everyone would stand and hold hands, and the dad, Larry, would say, Oremus. And then the mom would say, Oremus. And it was so sweet. I loved it so much when I was a kid. And then uh, Diana would bless the food. And <laughs> it's, it's a happy memory for me when I was little. Um, I just loved it. I loved being in their home. It was not like a fancy home or anything. It was a humble home. Uh, they had converted a duplex into one house is what I always gathered. Um, they had a ping pong table in one room and my dad would play ping pong with either Larry or with the teenage sons, David and James. And, um, Diana would make hot cocoa for us from Swiss Miss. And she would also make us grilled cheeses with two slices of cheese. And for me, that was a huge deal because my mom fed us total health food all the time, which was good. Um, But yeah, having something like grilled cheese or like a drink that had sugar in it was a huge, huge treat. Um, And she had all these magnets of all the states on her fridge. And we would arrange them and play with them. And she was just so kind. And there was so much love between her and her husband, Larry. Like so much affinity for each other and respect. And it really had a huge impact on me. Um, just to see that, to see parents who loved each other so much. Um, 
And I just felt so safe in their home, you know, and, you know, my parents have a lot of emotional problems and it was kind of an alien to the point where it could be kind of alienating. And sometimes they had hard times like retaining friendships and stuff because of it. Um, but they're just difficult people, but my, but it was great to see um, them being appreciated and, and loved by Larry and Diana, you know, like just accepted is the word I'm looking for, accepted and belonging there. So everyone felt good there. And I just, I just love them so much. So that word means a lot more to me than just let us pray. It means a really good memory for me. So I put that on a choker, I beaded it, and then I put lots of little milagros. I attached it to it. So it's kind of like a little collar with all these little tiny pennants on it. And then on the pennants are the milagros. Um, yeah, I just love, I just love Larry and Diana so much. <laughs> They're wonderful people. Um, and then what else did I make? I made a vampy robe. I think I made two. I made two vampy robes. Or maybe, no, maybe just one vampy robe. And then last night I made a chain harness with these really delicate, pretty chains. I believe the chains are from India or Bali. Um, and I decorated them with some odd fellows and a cross, of course. Crucifixes are back like crazy. Um, it seems, which is fine. I have a ton of crucifixes to play with and yeah, I'm going to be shipping today. It's a lot. Um, yesterday was the first mother's day. I didn't cry my eyes out. Um, I just, just to be on the, you know, to say the least, I don't, get along with my mother. I haven't spoken to her in over 20 years. Um, and I know that being a mother is really hard and not everybody does it perfectly. And I'm not mad at her for not being a perfect mom. Um, but she did some, some things that were hurtful to me um and she's not sorry about it and she did it a lot so sometimes mother's day could be just a day of mourning for me um you know painful memories but you know i'm getting older and i can see now that Yes, I'm grateful that I had a mother, period, because a lot of people don't. And I'm grateful that she gave me life. And I'm also grateful that I have a nice life now and that I can, I don't have to be subjected to her abuse on the daily or ever again. Um, so, yeah, it was great. I, I realized it, one thing that it did, it was like, I realized consciously, I was like, I am not crying. I'm not, I'm not miserable today. I'm having a really good day. 
Um, Rose came over and modeled. And one of the dresses she modeled was a red paisley India dress from the 70s. And it was of a very soft rayon. Now, when I say India dress, that means I'm referring to where it was made. And I call those India dresses because they have a certain bohemian kind of hippie look to them. Um, if it were a traditional Indian or Pakistani garment, then I would say that. So to me, it's to differentiate the, you know, the provenance or the, you know, the function of the garment to me. So it was really pretty and I posted a little video and people were asking about it because it was a good free size. So it fit lots of people. And, you know, I kind of had to interrupt the shoot to attend to the customers at one point just to get through it. And this one person wrote me and they were, they were making really aggressive comments on the post and they're like, hey, babe, mine, 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 and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, God. Meanwhile, I'm writing other customers and, you know, giving them measurements or like talking to them about the dress. Um, and I was just trying to feel the messages. And then she messages me while I'm in the middle of the dress selling, excuse me. And she's, I explained to her, I said, well, the, the sale is pending on the dress. And then she wrote, oh, well, I already messaged you five minutes ago on my other account. And I said, I just didn't respond to it because you know what? It was a lie. She lied to me and said that she was first in line and that she had already messaged me. It was a lie. It was a stupid lie. Um, and this person has lied before. And yeah, I'm so glad that the dress didn't go to her. <laughs> it went to someone who didn't lie to me. But I, I just, I don't like it when people lie to me. Now, I know that everybody tells a little lie every day, at least, you know, just like, do you feel okay if I cut you in line or, but then you realize the person's having a hard time getting through and they have like three kids and like your selfish side might say, no, I don't feel okay. But then you realize it's probably better to just let them go ahead. So it's like a tiny, tiny lie. Like you will experience, if you were completely truthful, you'd say, I will be experiencing some minor discomfort and inconvenience for three extra minutes. Um, but in order to make life go more smoothly, you might say, yeah, sure, go ahead. Or maybe, you know, or, you know, example, does this, this dress make my butt look fat or something like that? And, you know, people say, no, you look great. And it's like, well, you do look great. And maybe your butt does look fat, but you look better. You know, you're looking great in the dress. Doesn't matter. And it's okay to have a fat butt. But <laughs> sometimes people just want the short answer. So those little, those little white lies, I, what I call them, they, they don't really count. But if someone is flat out lying to you, 
And that just really bothered me. Anyway, um, she has she has done this kind of thing before, but that was just ridiculous. And I was like, after a few hours, after taking you know some distance from the situation, I revisited it in my head, and I was thinking, this person has a problem. They may not be able to control the fact that they tell lies like this that are so stupid and so easy to, you know, they're just so transparently dishonest. Maybe they just are so used to doing it, they don't realize that they're doing it. They don't care. And they're hoping that you won't notice either. And they really, really hope that, that they don't notice, that you don't notice that, that you're being lied to and that they can get away with it. And it's just how they live. That's how they get by. And I've felt, you know, a little, a little sorry for them, but not, not sorry enough to do them any favors in the future. Just a little bit sorry for them because they go through life like that and they're not fixing it. And they're old enough to know better. So it was a, it was a strange moment. Um, but yeah, it, it's been really beautiful weather here in San Francisco. I've been trying to get outside as much as possible and get some vitamin D. Um, I haven't really been hanging out much with anybody. I went with Anne on Saturday for like an hour or so to the knockout um, out outdoors. Her friend Noelle was DJing this thing she's part of called Sweater Funk. Um, and it's, it's a, I guess it's just kind of like a group of people, a, a lot of people that DJ, I don't know, kind of disco-y stuff, disco light. It's hard to explain. It's pleasant. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, everybody was there to, that was outside was there to DJ. So it was kind of like 20 people bring a little stack of records and they play their songs. Um. But yeah, I didn't want to go in the knockout. They were letting some people in, you know. But it didn't appeal to either Anne or I. I, I don't know if I ever want to go inside the knockout again. I <laughs> I went there several months ago and we were inside. Um, it was a group of us. But the surroundings are just so... You know, the lights were on in that place. And the lights need to be off in that place. Um, the surroundings are very unglamorous and not conducive to a high quality of life. Um, I had ordered a Manhattan a couple days ago there and it came in a plastic cup, but you know, I drank it. I'm not some posh person. It's more of a texture thing. And the Manhattan was good despite that, but yeah. I don't know. I've just been wanting to drink less and less naturally. Um, I can't believe it. Like I was during most of the lockdown, I was having two glasses of red wine per night. And now I'm just down to one. I'm turning into almost a teetotaler, but not quite. So yeah. 
It's been quite a week. It's been filled with activity. And more to come. I, you know, I'm looking at my pile of supplies and stuff, and I'm just like, wow, I think I put a little dent in it. That feels great. I'm going to have somebody come over and help me with shipping today. I'm looking forward to that. I went and got some from this lady I buy from. I got a bunch of cool ephemera, beautiful valentines and tokens of affection and little rewards of merit, which are these little cards, one-sided cards that have a colorful picture on them from the Victorian era. So it, you they were given out at school. So it wasn't quite a report card, but it was just like a little a little uh, symbol like, hey, you did good in class today. You get one of these. It's not a grade, but you know, it's something. So I got some of those. And one of the things I got, which I'm really, really, really excited about is a kingfisher feather, kind of like a little crown or kind of more like a tiara type thing because it's a half crown. And I'm going to have some coffee one second. Kingfisher feathers, if if you're not familiar with them, give them a Google. But there are these birds, they're, they're found in like, the Polynesian islands, and they're also found in, I believe, in some, you know, I think islands off of China as well. But during the Qing dynasty, right up until, I guess, you know, the 1920s or so, they were used in jewelry, and oftentimes they were um, set in yellow gold, and they're very delicate. They usually take on the shape of flowers or they're or decorating the shape of birds or butterflies are the most common motif. And they're bright, bright, bright periwinkle blue. It's the prettiest blue that you'd ever want to see. And at my price point, what I'm willing to pay as a beginner, you know, into the world of Kingfisher even what I'm able to afford at the smallest level is, it's not that great. Like a lot of the feather parts are falling off. Um, you might not even have any feathers left, but it could just be like the bones of the jewelry. And I guess I could splurge and, you know, get something that's more fancy, but then I just want to make sure that I'm really into it before I start collecting it. But I have been thinking about it for a long time. So I had my one of my jewelry dealers, I told her that about my interest in the Kingfisher jewelry, and she found a piece, and I got it at a very reasonable price. And it's very beautiful. I'm going to post it later today, I hope. Um, but yeah, it's, it's of a flower with kind of endless blossoms on each side. It's so beautiful. Um, it's not set in gold. It's set in what appears to be like a hardened leather, but maybe the, the metal setting, there's like a metal setting encasing each little petal. Um, and then it's mounted onto the leather, but I was like, wow, (laughs) I'm so glad I got that. 
It was pretty wild. I was trying to keep a poker face and just be like, "Mm, yeah, that's nice. Um, When you are out wheeling and dealing, it's really good. One moment, more coffee. It's really good technique to be super aware of your facial expressions and and like your demeanor in general and the ideal demeanor for bargaining or getting the best deal is to be relaxed or appear relaxed and not to get excited about anything not to show excitement. So if you are excited about something, just tamp it down because the more excited you are about something, the higher the price will be. So sometimes I'll get really quiet too and they will do all the talking and they will talk themselves down in price. That's a little secret I learned. So for example, someone, let's say someone has this bonnet or something and I'm like, oh, that's a, you know, I just lift the bonnet up and then they are like, they give me a price and I'm just like, hmm. And then I just kind of look over the bonnet. I just fixate on the bonnet and I just am looking at everything, looking for flaws, etc. And then the seller starts to get a little nervous and they're like, oh, I mean, I could do 40 on it. And then I'm just like, hmm, okay. And I'll think about it. And then I put the item down. And then that's when the real bargaining begins. And they're just like, okay, 30. And then if there are any flaws, that is your time to note the flaws when they're at their lowest price. It's like, well, I did see a few stains here that don't look topical. I'm going to have to clean it out and do some other things and replace the ribbons. Um, And they're like, so yeah, I don't know if I can, 30 is kind of high. And then they'll be like, oh, 20 bucks. And I'm like, okay, 20 it is. It's like, okay, I guess I could do it for 20. And then you give them the $20. And that's how you bargain. Um, sometimes you can, if something is really just way overpriced, like this happens a lot at Alameda Flea Market. There's this one vendor who she's kind of cranky and she has really high prices but good stuff um and there are these this item and she quoted me like some outrageous price and I just put them down on the table and I was like okay started walking away when you start walking away then they give you a very low price so just a little tip um one thing that will not get you the deal is to say can you do any better or that's more than I was willing to pay. It makes you sound like a real turd. So just don't ever say that. Um, or I had a price in mind. Um, the only time you can say you have a price in mind is when you tell somebody you're looking for something. And if they find it, that's that's what you're willing to pay. And that's the only time it's appropriate. Um, but yeah, from being on both sides of the, the table... Um, the best thing you can do is to be, you know, nonchalant and don't act like you like anything too much because then it'll be really hard to get the deal. And, you know, a lot of times you don't even have to make a deal. Usually the prices are already good. Um, but, you know, on that note, 
if if it's if it's a little high then that's how you get it down without being a jerk um and also don't don't come in with a low ball offer either like let's say something is like $50 and you're trying to give them $10 for it and you're like how about 10 or something like that that's insulting just Follow the little tricks that I have laid out for you and you'll be fine. You might not get it for $10, but you shouldn't get something. You shouldn't try to do that to people because it makes you seem cheap. And they'll take note. People take note of when you're really cheap. Okay? Um, There's a time and a place for everything like that. Okay? Anyway... I could talk about wheeling and dealing all day long. I'm very, very excited about my Kingfisher piece. And yeah, but now I've got to get started on my day. i got to put some clothes on. Talk to you later. Bye.